I'm Katherine Spearing, and this is Uncertain. Tears of Eden, a nonprofit supporting survivors of spiritual abuse from the evangelical community and home of the Uncertain podcast, is hosting its first in-person retreat con October 20th through 22nd. This retreat con will have the intimacy of a retreat with the intentionality of a conference. In partnership with the I Got Out movement, the retreat con will also feature a special event story jam highlighting survivor stories live and in person. Registration is currently open and spots are limited. Sign up with a link in the show notes. This podcast and the work of Tears of Eden are supported by the generosity of listeners like you. If you'd like to see the work of Tears of Eden continue, consider giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly supporter. You can do that by visiting tearsofeden.org support. In this episode with comedian Christina Hart, we discuss the hilarity of learning how to date as an adult after you've grown up swimming in the waters of purity culture. Christina is a faith-informed writer, speaker, comic host, and public online persona. The spirited voice behind the DTR blog, and now the That's Super Weird podcast and Heartsbreaking News podcast, this Persian-American woman is unafraid to break barriers and raise tough questions related to topics like trauma, emotional suffering, and the world's longest season of singleness. Christina has an internationally and spiritually informed perspective that is fully attuned to the inner thoughts and struggles of her fellow millennials. Serving as a rehab admission specialist in Nashville, Christina longs to see others flourish in true mental, emotional, and spiritual freedom. She's also currently single, if you know anybody. Here's my interview with Christina Hart. I am very excited to have you. Thanks for um, having me. It was a, like a, yeah, top of my list for season four. Wanted to have you on. We've done a couple episodes on purity culture and sex. And then I did one episode on singleness all by myself. <laughs> and, and Are I, you I am, yes. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> I said that way too excitedly. But Part yeah. Of the yeah. Well, I always know like when I do these and someone <laughs> on the other end is single, I'm like, okay, great. So they understand everything. <laughs> but the thing is, is it's like, we haven't done any on, on dating. Yeah. And I, and then again, like only one on singleness by myself. It's like this thing it's happening that it's like real and there are a lot of single people, especially single people who, women who came yeah. out of Christian culture and purity yeah. culture and all that sort of thing. It's real. We're either just want to pretend it's not happening or we're looking at it through this lens of like, what went wrong, which is still the lens of ideal is marriage. <laughs> and there's something wrong because yeah. we have so many single people, which is what's wrong in the first place. Right. And then is your audience... Christian? It is both. Okay. Focus on religious trauma, survivors of spiritual abuse. Okay. And and that is basically the audience. First two seasons was kind of like help the church do better. We want to help the church do better. How we challenge the church to do better. And then I just got tired of trying to talk to the church and was like, I just want to talk to survivors now. So, uh, so that's mostly what we do. And so it is, we are trying to be accessible to folks, no matter where they are and that uh, in their faith journey, hopefully, hopefully. And so, so yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Um, so <laughs> I'm very excited. I just, I know this is going to be so fun cramming for this conversation. I was like, 
going back through your Instagram and, and <laughs> laughing. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that was, and it is, it's like, it's, it has, that was one of the reasons why I had you, I wanted to have you on the podcast is because it has been encouraging for me to just laugh about like stuff. And then it's also motivated me to talk more about experience of singleness, experience of dating, because it is a wide, widely experienced experience, but we're not, we're still not really talking about it. We're still not really. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, so we're going to have a good time. Okay. So first of all, yeah, I would just kind of love to hear just like overall, like big picture view of like what your experience was specifically like the dating messages that you received and how did you feel about dating when you were growing up? And then how do you feel about it now? Just kind of fly yeah. over the picture. I think that I was always like the good kid. So I I was raised in church. My mom converted to Christianity when I was young, like five or six. And then my dad at that time, he was not a Christian. And I mean, I act like he is now. He's still not a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> not but it's just been a it's been a journey for all of us but and so I was very much raised in a Protestant church group type setting so I received all the purity culture teachings I very much was like you date to get married and I would think this at like age 12 and so I was like waiting to like court my husband at like age 12. And then I was like, why am I the weird kid at school? (laughs) But so, so I, I just feel like I never fully fit in because I didn't understand like what male and female relationships are supposed to look like Mm -hmm. with dating. So like all through high school, I, I was just trying to figure out who I was. And then I went to UC Santa Barbara, which if anyone knows anything about that school, it is a very smart school and a party school. And I had never drank a sip of alcohol before I went to that school. And because I'm from an immigrant family, it's like you go like getting an education is like, you know, what you do, right? So I go to the school as this like dainty Christian who like didn't know, like I didn't have very many social skills. And I certainly learned a lot there. And I think that was my first exposure to like how to interact with men. And And so I just felt like a guilty Christian essentially for four years, like confused, trying to figure out dating. And then after that, basically a few years later, like my mom got sick and she passed away. And prior to that, I went on a, this is like hodgepodge, but I went on a missions. I was a missionary also with YWAM youth with a mission. Yes. And I tried to date in YWAM and I almost got engaged. You're not allowed to, right? You're not allowed to, except the man on the leadership team liked me. (gasps) And so we broke all the rules, but we had to get like prayed for and all and get permission. And so now I try to explain that to people who are not in church and they, it just sounds insane, you know, like, <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't, well, I don't know how else to get the cast out. I mean, we, we broke the rules. Uh, so then by the time after my mom passed away, I just was like, I don't know how to navigate life. I feel how like for you when that happened, I was 25, 26. Nope. Maybe 27, (laughs) something around there. And 26, I think. And I felt like I was 16 still like, you know, in life with career and stuff, I was really good at handling things, but in anything with emotions or dating personal relationship with myself or with someone else, I just felt like I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't know like 
what God thought about all this. And so I was actively trying to seek out like my faith, but then my mom, when she passed away, it really like broke something in me. So I moved in with my dad at age 27, which is not what I suggest for your dating life. And essentially from there, that's where writing about this kind of came about because I had nothing else to do. I didn't know how to process things. So I did that and I sought out like therapy and small group at church was like the only thing I would attend. Like I refused to go to like a big church because I had so much anxiety. (laughs) Uh, But these things is what led me to like find out, okay, like what can I wrestle with? Like what was trauma? What was religious trauma? What, how do I move forward? And like, can I like, what does dating look like? Yeah. And at some point in time, humor played a role in that journey. Yes. A constant thing or was that the humor thing the humor yes yeah well I think you know comedy comes from tragedy so essentially I had to find a way to talk about this stuff and like I was tired of crying and so I just my personality is sarcastic I do my therapist does tell me I walk a fine line of cynicism that I work very hard on, you know, and it's, it does, it's natural for me. And I realized that the more I could talk about these really sad things in ways that produced a different emotion, it was healthy and helpful for myself. And other people were like, Oh my God, I had the same experience, you know, and they were willing to talk about it. So it kind of broke through this awkward, like, do you guys all think you know, did you have to keep the door open at age 25 when you had a man like in your room? Cause I did like, is that a, is that a mutual experience? <laughs> How else do you talk about that? You know? Right. And it is a, like when I, my first kiss, I was 33. Mm-hmm. And it was, really it was one, it was 100% a, it is about damn time I need to get this done I need to make right. this happen yeah. so I decided the next time I was on a date with someone who was moderately attractive and not weird I was gonna kiss them okay, and so yeah. I did and this <laughs> many 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 more kisses and getting my very first hickey and there was this hilarity to going through this experience at 33 yeah. that people go through in high school <laughs> and and not that kissing means emotional development equal equates to emotional development or is is a sign of emotional development, but it is a it, it was it was kind of a, exemplary of like the stuntedness that yes. came out of this culture and the emotional stuntedness that came out of this culture. So, what did that look like for you? How did that yeah. show? Just to say with that, I live in Nashville and there's a lot of single people here who are a lot of women. I mean, we're everywhere, but who have similar experiences. And which is why part of the reason I moved here, because I saw that I had a a community and audience, essentially, like I had no idea that other people existed so much in this realm, but there are a lot of us. And there are a lot of men and women who just had no experiences or very limited or very skewed for like, and like I have friends almost 40 and it's the same. It's, there's a lot of us. And that kind of feels like a generational thing because we were all raised in this Mm -hmm. with different variety. So for me, I had the guilty Christian thing, but I, but 
I wouldn't say I dated anyone in college. I'd say like I was, I thought I was dating someone and we weren't kind of thing. <laughs> and, and that was that journey. And then in YWAM, I was 25 and six and I'm, I was dating this guy and I told you he was, he was older than me and we had to get approval and all this stuff. And then within one month we were talking about what does engagement look like? Like, if, am I willing to When you were dating life? him, were you kind of like, like feeling like he is the one or like trying to figure out like, is he the one? Was that kind of just like, I think I, I fantasize, I had this thing where I would fantasize a lot about getting married, but, but not even like the wedding day, just like the fantasy of being the like Christian couple, mm-hmm. I guess. And also the Christian couple in ministry, quote unquote, yeah. you know? And yes. And then, and he had the same fantasies. So it was, it, it wasn't good, you know, and, and we weren't essentially like getting to know each other in a healthy way. It was in a very weird bubble pressure cooker way. And people and other leaders were like, I had a dream and you guys were together and you guys are God's chosen couple, like stuff like that. Totally. And so it just fed this thing in me that was like, Yes, I I have a sign that he's the one, you know, and I'm I don't think that like God is entirely not in the process or like, I don't like how it's, you know, we just have to choose one way or the other. I think life is full of of fluid moments and we're, we're allowed to like process and pursue that however feels right to us. But I was extremely unhealthy in my perception of God being involved in this relationship and that relationship didn't work out. And it was like one week we were going to get like get engaged. And then the next week it was like, I just don't see a future with you. So it was very disorienting. And at the time I was studying the Bible in a Bible school for like a seminary, like a nine month thing. And so I was like, what does God say about this? You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So after that, I did try to date again in with a Christian And that was another like open door into what toxic can look like in the sense of we are just stunted individuals who have no idea what we're doing, but we're full grown adults. Like he at this point was 30. I was 27, I think. Uh, And it was like, oh, you can't like, you can't go in my room or like, we should be careful if we're sitting on the couch together. And I'm like, why (laughs) you know it's just but like we both just want to be good we both want hyper awareness of normal human experiences and just like stuff that normal people just aren't even thinking about you know like it's just like it gets like incepted into us all of these things that are we're conditioned to think are scary and terrifying when it's just like life (laughs) it's crazy because it's true they don't have a concept of this and we think everyone is like this or like 90 percent of people and then I learned that we're like 10 percent of people you know (laughs) and you're like oh my god like I, I remember the first time I did this interview or I did this interview with like dating and dating app guys who had nothing to do with Christianity, nothing Christian. And it was like, I was talking from another (laughs) planet 
and I realized I sounded so weird and they're like (laughs) like all you know all kinds of relationships and I'm like so I'm just now learning (laughs) that I like I can go on third and fourth dates and it just be third and fourth dates like and if I even get to that like and we're not dating right on a third date and we're not a couple and right and then they're having oh if they're the one like yeah and (laughs) they're talking about like sex like no like sexual desires and you know and I'm like yes so I'm I'm coming into my own (laughs) and and they're like how old are you and I'm like 36 (laughs) and it's like sounds insane but there's a lot of us there I have found it's It's just just a culture for sure culture absolutely Mm -hmm. and it's really fun to watch people explore and to also to explore and then to also watch people explore and to kind of be in this community we're all figuring these things out and we're like laughing about it just like laughing and like I just like think of like the hickey that I got when I was doing all of this kissing and like I went to the doctor and I was concerned and I didn't know what <laughs> <laughs> and it took some questioning on her part to finally deduce this was from kissing <laughs> so, and just like we're all doing this together. We're all in this together. We're all just kind of figuring it out together. And it is, and it is so weird to just like kind of like, okay, it's like, okay, okay, see, I was raised in this world where I was like, wasn't allowed to date. And so yep. I started dating and doing things in my 30s that most right. people when they're 12. So. And there's, there's another side of it too, where I've been on like deconstruction podcasts, like, or, but like more kind of focused on that. And most of, most people are married (laughs) in general is how I feel right like especially they come from the Christian culture yeah exactly right so yeah but I noticed if I'm in LA or New York nobody is which is fascinating right but like so deconstruction yeah is still from a Christian culture so I'll do these interviews and they'll be married and they're like do you love being single like do you love dating and I'm like no because there's still such a disconnect of like really what our lives have been like as single Christians for 30 plus years Mm -hmm. and deconstructing that versus deconstruction when you're married which I can't imagine you know about two people walk through that right we live different lives. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And I am like in the in the space that I'm in, the religious trauma, spiritual abuse space. I'm not the only single person, but if there are any single people in that space, we're we're women. Yes. <laughs> For sure. And it is and they're really understanding. They, and they're, but it's like having to explain mm-hmm. that, like, no, like we're we're still trying to figure out dating and it's not entirely enjoyable for most of us. <laughs> I know, especially when there is still the pressure of an agenda yeah. uh, that yeah. still comes from that world that we that we yes grew up in. And I'll I'll just I actually like started dating a lot when I got rid of that agenda because I felt like the agenda to find the one was just really tripping me up and like messing with my head. And the reality was like, I mean, I'm 
I will be 38 tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you very much. And I realized that I never, and I am 38, I have never met anyone that I actually wanted to spend like partner with. And so if I have to know (laughs) before I start dating them, that there's someone that I want to marry that I'm just never going to date. But in our heads, you're like, well, what's the point? But I have, I have friends who are not in, in that culture who are single and 40 and they're like, you just got to, and they actually enjoy dating and they have like long-term relationships and they're like, it just didn't work out, but I'm, I'm content Mm -hmm. with my life because seen what it's like out there and I mean like outside in general yeah (laughs) we're just in a different time than 50 years ago so and but she's she my friend Kristen she'll be like (laughs) she'll be like you can just go out like and and your your feelings can grow like and I'm like oh interesting You don't only have, like be in love with them on the first day I don't need to be obsessed like right. from the first or have to have like some divine word yeah. like I saw him across the room and then right and I think secretly inside I still I'm like <laughs> I think I'm like no like I know like dating like like I I'm like I want to date someone long term like I know now that you can't really get to know someone in a short period of time and but secretly inside, I'm like, I would absolutely love if God just was like, yeah, just handled this thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like secretly inside that is still probably in me somewhere. <laughs> if matchmaking actually became like a mainstream thing, I would probably sign up. Just oh, be like, yeah. you just tell me who to marry. Yeah. <laughs> you a matchmaking thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I get all kinds of like apps that reach out and they're like all these new apps with like some new twist to it. Uh, Did you see the social experiment one? The single. Oh, Oh, there's a new thing called pair and it's a single social experiment where you wear a ring that's like green or something. And it's supposed to show that you're, oh, you're single and wanting to date. And it's supposed to make people out there in society interact and ask each other out. And I was like, this is fascinating. And also I'm curious if it's going to be all 21 year olds, <laughs> but then, and then there's a festival that you get to go to a single festival. And as the more I read about it, I was like, this sounds like it's going to be the next fire festival, but for like <laughs> some dating thing, oh <laughs> kind of chaotic. <laughs> Talk about the ring, like uh, open and waiting. It's it, like reminded me of like the debutantes. Like before yeah. you turn eighteen, you have to wear the short gloves, but then right. after you're eighteen, you wear oh. the gloves up to, over your elbow, which meant that you were available and able to marry. <laughs> yeah. Oh my true. god. <laughs> and I mean, I guess that it's all. It's always going to be a thing because that's just kind of how we operate like these these symbols where are you located i live in st louis but i used to live in la oh okay i actually really helped my um perspective of singleness because i i always thought that i like really wanted to get married but i really think a lot of it came from being in a culture where it was so associated with your status and what i think i really wanted was respect 
like I want to be retreated oh, with respect. And this feeling of like, I'm never going to fully get that unless I'm bound to a man through marriage in some way. And so when I got to LA, that's not the culture at all. And it was like very normal for there to be people in their thirties and forties who were single and like cool with it. Like they were dating, but they were like, cool, cool with it. Their careers were what they were pursuing. And then also just like having married friends for the first time, <laughs> like I would have like friendships with like the, the woman and then she would get married and I would kind of still stay friends with her, but I would never be friends with husbands in other places. But then to like be in LA and like, I will go to coffee with a married man in the same way that I would go to coffee with a married woman. And right. Right. Yeah. I'm friends. It's I, that's a very good point. I, cause I'm friends with a lot of the same people from college and most of them are married with children now, but I'm, I feel a lot of them were as we're very connected with the husbands and they're very connected with like our lives yeah. as well as my friends. And I think that's a really awesome thing. Like I feel supported by both of them. Right. Right. Which is awesome, which is different, I think, than but I guess like, yeah, in Christian. Well, yeah, and it's like this fear of like developing an emotional connection or like, and I was like with my boss, he and I did a, a, and he was married and we did like a run to Costco together, like in the same car. And he like texted his wife to let her know that he was like going to be alone in the car with me. And it was like supposed to be like so holy. Right. And I was like, I wasn't even going there yeah going there and now it is and I feel weird (laughs) and that's the that's like the dating part of that of like you can't be alone in the room with a guy that's like that but like the extended married guy version which is it is very weird to think about when you are when friends with your friends husbands because they like I'm close with we have a close friend group and there would never ever be any thought of that right like they're at all and and it's because they have no christian context and that's what i really started to think about i'm like some of the best men that i know like men that stood up for women who were like abused and this and that like they have no christian anything connection they're just really good guys and stable, solid guys who love my friends and seek out to do what's right. And I was like, this is fascinating. Yeah. And that's a whole, like a whole another subject, but that's where like the misogyny is actually embedded into men as God's will. And God wants you to be this male disconnected from your emotions in charge all of that bullshit and then this is like what god wants this is how you are a strong leader like that type of stuff yeah. uh, so it's a lot harder to undo your internal misogyny when you're told that this is the sort of man god wants you to be mm-hmm. whole other whole other yeah. kettle of fish that, that happened with your boss that like blows my mind still <laughs> I was like, man, I wasn't even going there. No, I can't stop. I'm just existing and doing my job. So I don't even want to be here. I don't even want to be here. 
you're like, I don't actually want to do this. I would prefer to be at home. So. <laughs> I don't even want to do this. <laughs> You may already know this, but The Uncertain Podcast is the affiliate podcast of Tears of Eden, a nonprofit that serves as a community and resource for survivors of spiritual abuse. This podcast and the work of Tears of Eden are supported by donations from generous listeners like you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider giving a donation by using the link in the show notes or visiting tearsofeden.org support. You can also support the podcast by rating and leaving a review and sharing on social media. If you're not already following us, please follow us on Facebook at Tears of Eden and Instagram at Uncertain Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to the show. What is some of the worst advice you've gotten from oh. about dating? Oh, <laughs> love talking about the worst advice I've been given. Uh, I think, well, clearly, I think the worst advice was when I was in YWAM dating someone and they were like, no, you're, this is going to be, this is wild. Okay. I was dating this guy and he wanted to know if I was his wife. And so he decided that we needed to take two weeks. So it was like one to two weeks and pray and not hang out during this time, but pray and ask God for a sign that we're each other's spouse. So we did that. I am praying and I'm like, God, and, and people know about this because he's on the senior leadership team and people know about this. And they're like, yes, like there was no, like, so holy, exactly. There was no, like, this is a little odd that you're not hanging out with a person that you want to get engaged to because you're seeking time apart to ask God for a sign. Like no one thought that was weird. So of course God didn't give either of us a sign. And that's essentially why we broke up. And I was devastated. And now years later, I'm like, that's insane. Yes. <laughs> that's, yes. that's crazy, right? Like, it's like interested in other people, but then he like kind of like shaped it as this like ritual, spiritual ritual. Is- <laughs> oh yeah, very much probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I think when I was like, I had the the blog, the DTR blog, when I would do a lot of Christian dating content. And when I started off and I would write a joke about something and people would send me things like, Christina, say this prayer and God, I see a picture of God bringing your husband. If you say this prayer and I had a dream about you and these are like random DMs, you know? And, and I was like, oh, you did. But I would kind of, I was curious, like just out of a how distorted can this be thing? So I was like, tell me more. And they would be like, I saw you holding this man's hand. And it was this whole elaborate thing. And they, and it would be like, pray and, and God will bring him to you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I would just be like, block, <laughs> block. <laughs> but like, there was this obsession with like, if you're single, there was this obsession with telling you how to get a spouse or like God said this or praying for you. And I'm happy to accept prayers, but I don't, I did not ask for anything. I just simply actually would love to be left alone. (laughs) (laughs) And there was this, like, I don't think this was like everywhere in Christianity, but there was this like looking for like divine appointment. And like the Lord, I will be honest, the Lord has told me a few times (laughs) 
that different men were going to be my spouse. I have, <laughs> I have heard the voice of the Lord. It wasn't the voice of the Lord. <laughs> yeah, but I just thought it was. Right. And you're like, shoot, they married Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. And it was so confusing when it so like confusing. didn't work yeah. out. Because it yeah. was like, am I not hearing God? <laughs> like, what it's so disorienting. It's so yeah. disorienting because like it, because you're taught like you, that's what you should be doing. And, and then when it doesn't happen, it's like, well, God doesn't, you know, God's ways are higher than ours. And then yes. you're okay. like, oh my God, I feel like a crazy person. Like this ring around the rosy or you did a lot of the bad advice is, is like, seek God, put God first. Don't, don't lead women. Aren't the leaders be submissive, but don't like, it was all just mixed up and, and not actually any kind of like helpful, practical advice. Right, right. Yeah, it was very, uh, it was very spiritual, but not necessarily, and it was very fear-based too, because I think uh, it allowed us to just like not have to engage and not have to, and a lot of it came from, a lot of the teaching came from this place of avoiding pain. Like, like you give your heart away and you get your heart broken and like you give a piece of your heart away every time you like date somebody or become emotionally attached to somebody. It was all about just like avoiding pain, which I'm not really sure like, like, cause dating has always been a part of life, you know, like, yeah, 50, right. 60, you know, like, like people went steady and took different dates, different events and it was just kind of normal and at some point in time like it became this scary thing um which I'm sure is just like extension of purity culture like we're trying to avoid having sex so we just avoid anything that could potentially lead just totally yeah and then and then on the other side of that it's I used to think like if it doesn't work out you're gonna be devastated and heartbroken and and that devastation I have since now learn my past devastation like that oh like like life is over thing from dating like that is because you associate it with god if and that's the devastating part is like you think god is orchestrating this and then it doesn't work out and you're so disoriented and that's the devastating part and since after that i've dated and it hasn't worked out i've been upset yeah. But like, I got over it and that was revolutionary for me. Cause I was like, oh, it can, you can just get over, you can, it hurts and you get over it. Yes. And yes. Like, oh, no, I'm grateful. I had this like, and I'm like, oh, it is. That is true. Yes. Yeah. And that it's was a big so thing. much more meaning to it because it's like God's involvement in that more than anything else, you know, like everything else we are we're kind of allowed to just kind of pick it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for some reason, the spouse thing was like this super special thing that needed to have some extra divine magic sauce to, to somehow work out. And I, I know once I like was like, I am dating for fun. I am not dating for marriage. I am dating for fun. I am dating to learn about myself. I'm dating to explore. I'm dating to grow. I am dating because I like to be in a context where I'm out with a dude who finds me attractive. There is something in me that wakes up 
in that context alone. And I want to be fully alive. And so I want that part to stay awake. <laughs> so that is why I date. Yeah. And if there is a partner in my future somewhere, which is fine, I'm not against it. Great. But it's not like the agenda, which is hard because most people do date for the agenda, whether you're Christian or not. They're, especially guys. Guys are looking guys are looking for something. They have a plan, but, but it's, it's just so much more fun now that I don't have that, like, oh, I have to find the one and make sure I'm attracted to them. I'm never attracted. (laughs) I know. No, I get it. I get it. (laughs) Very rarely. Very rarely. Right. Right. Well, and the joke is, you know, a lot of people are finding their like sexual fluidity and Uh am I, am I like, a lesbian or do I just you know like everyone has had this thought who's like a Christian who's single and is like I don't know why this hasn't worked (laughs) I make this joke (laughs) trying to figure out if I'm a lesbian you know and I was like okay I'm not but I think that it would be great because the men just really you gotta weed through to find a solid one who you match with I think there's a lot of solid ones out there but they just are not your match you know it's not like no solid men exist it's like someone that would be a decent human being and also be someone that checks all the other boxes too yeah that is a that is a huge part of it I was actually talking to someone about that the other day she has a lot of she's a therapist and she has a lot of um, women who post evangelical women who are now ex- exploring relationships with the same sex and she was like I'm just I'm just observing and I'm just like researching just observing and I and I feel like like my I'm like watching this happen to a lot of my friends like starting to date women or are, are dating both at the same time and and I'm I'm like I've been they may have been a lesbian the whole time and it was just suppressed that's a that's a narrative absolutely 100% possible also, it could just be that men are just so wanting and they just want companionship and intimacy and their safety in a woman. And either way, like this is how it's coming out, but it is, it's very common right now. Chelsea Handler, she, I saw her at the Ryman and she made a joke about how she's like, I have 13 girlfriends and nine of them are exploring being a lesbian and she's like, I believe, you know, I believe that you're born, you know, that it's not a choice. However, <laughs> she's like, I think the dating scene is so bad <laughs> that actually it could be a choice sometimes. Like it was just very funny because it was, you're just like, because we have to make sure that we are not lesbians <laughs> because maybe we would be happier as one like right. you know, and that's like <laughs> you need to find out. right right so you uh, have that on your instagram that was one of the ones that made me laugh like people ask ask me why i'm single because i like men, men. <laughs> right <laughs> i have i have told i i have told a couple of my lesbian and bi friends i'm like i'm really it's a spectrum sexuality is a spectrum and women are on the spectrum and their their spectrum is a little bit more fluid and so i'm waiting for the day that i'm actually turned into a lesbian and they're like that's not how it works <laughs> right 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 i need to take i don't know i've had so many conversations i don't know 
Because <laughs> I think some people can like, they want to see, they, they, some people who have deconstructed or some people who are just gay. I'm friends with a lot of gay men and women. And they're like, are you sure, Christina, that you're <laughs> straight? And I'm like, I don't know, you tell me. And then we'll talk, you know, and they're like, no, you're definitely straight. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. It's just. No, no. It's, uh, no a couple of them are like you know you might find out that you are and I'm like bring it on bring it on yeah (laughs) I'm ready just tell me (laughs) show me the signs how do you feel about marriage right now yeah that's a good question okay so I think that lately I've had to kind of wrestle with I'm 36 and I have to choose whether or not I can or want children right at this age. And so that then makes, that's kind of what makes me think about marriage. Cause I'm like, I used to think it was crazy to just like be with someone forever and not get married like Goldie Hawn and just like these people who are, who are together and like, and now I'm like, actually, I feel like that's really awesome because they are choosing each other every day without like this binding thing that is the almost the excuse to do it which I don't think that's what marriage is but like my perspective has changed and so I would like to get married I think marriage is beautiful I don't think I would feel any pressure to get married if the kids thing wasn't something on my mind as like a time concerned thing yeah well that being said my mom had my brother naturally at like 41 so I think I'm, <laughs> but yeah, but I always, as a kid, even was like, I want to adopt. And I'm not sure if I have said that my whole life out of this fear of not being able to have my own children almost, but I'm okay with whatever happens. I think that I'm, I would be a great mom. I ultimately recently was just thinking about how a little Christina would be pretty badass and funny. Yeah. But I'm okay if that doesn't happen. Like, I'm kind of just at the place where I am enjoying life, like, as is and pursuing, like, what I'm passionate about and sorry to the haters and whatever that looks like in the future is fine. Cool. What are some things that, like, weird things people have said to you? Because your brand is kind of... Oh, God. A lot of it is dating and singleness and you talk about other things too and politics and stuff like that. But what are some weird things that people say to you about? about Uh, I'm at a weird place because people who follow me who have no context of Christianity and they are follow me for dating, kind of dating stuff. Most people follow me because it's some type of, they they either were raised in it, raised in church, have some type of understanding of it, trauma from it. Or they connect with like the funny, like the memes that are just yeah. about life. And, and, but lately I, you know, ever since kind of like 2019, I did a lot more like kind of political stuff, but that's just because the nature of our culture, it's like so infused now. So I just want to make it clear, like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep saying what I believe and discern regardless of how many religious leaders are trying to pressure me to think or say otherwise. Right. And that's what I was really just trying to, to share. And now I'm feel more passionate. Oh, and the mental health stuff. But now I feel more passionate about just like being like comedy advocacy and mental health, like just 
and and I'm single, so that was very natural for me to make jokes about that. But with this transition, a lot of there are people who have sent me things and they're like, you're funny, but like, why do you take it so far? And the so far is like me being like, I think women should be pastors or I don't think drag queens are going to hell, you know, and so and and they think that that's extreme. Oh and I'm goodness. like, no, like that's not extreme. I can tell you it's extreme. What's going on this morning at the Capitol in Nashville with the Republican House is extreme. Like that, like them trying to kick out two black men and one white woman from Democrats from the like just because it just I'm like. So with that, that is hard because like I obviously am passionate about certain things like seeing equality and, and justice for, you know, people who have been victims or treated poorly or oppressed. But I get a lot of weird comments just trying to navigate all of that. Yeah. Very messy. Yes. Is it because it was like you didn't talk about this stuff at all and then you suddenly started talking about it and then now it's so far and it would be a little different if it had just kind of always been a part of the conversation I think so I think I my natural personality was always to say jokes about a line like that I wasn't allowed to and that's how it started but it certainly got more I say my jokes progressed as did my faith kind of like so I made a lot of like my first joke on the internet was put on the armor of God and then me saying, what if it doesn't match my outfit or something? (laughs) I'm like, that's cute, you know? And so I would did a lot of cute Christian jokes while also saying cute mental health things. And I was, I was cute and fun for everybody. And, but I was also probably insufferable to somebody outside, you know, my friends who aren't Christian, they followed me because they support me. But I mean, Looking back at it now, there's some things where I was like, mm, that is like, that is, we're, we were all doing the best we can, but yeah, yes. like, yeah. that's the reality. And then just as politics just became so much more in the Trump era, so much more loud in church, I think so did I kind yeah. of. That's cool. Well, I have, I've loved all of their <laughs> I love all your stuff. I love following you. It does. It makes me laugh. We need to laugh. Laughter is important. Laughter is also important in just processing difficult things. And just, I had a friend that I connected with last year. We met up in Chicago. We'd met on Instagram. We'd never met in person. And we were just like talking about like our upbringings and our trauma and our abuse. And we were just laughing. Like, so hard and it just felt so good to just be like this is ridiculous it's ridiculous I know and we believe this (laughs) and it was great do you have anything else you want to say I have one fun fun question to end with but then do you have anything else you want to no thanks for having me I think everyone just gets to enjoy their life like you get to pursue happiness and pursue peace and you get to have faith or not have faith, however much you want or not want. And that's your journey. Yeah. 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 Yep. And one of the ways that Christianity has fucked us over has made us think that we need to like police that for people and just creating that anxiety. And I'm in the same space of just like, I just don't want to be responsible for like 
people's faith. Dating someone like right. Also, I'm glad you dropped the f bomb. I didn't know if I was allowed to. So I should probably put that in the invite, like the calendar invite. Like cussing is welcome because so many people will ask me, "Is it okay if I cuss?" But just because of the nature of it, like especially we're talking like abuse and trauma, like you say it totally words just come out, and it's and I'm totally open to it and fine with it, obviously. So yeah, cool. All right. So fun question is book, movie, TV show, song, or some sort of art, just one thing or a couple that is meaningful to you right now. (laughs) This is embarrassing. Okay. Love it. (laughs) Already. I love it. So I'm one of these Bravo TV people who I can't be smart all the time. Okay. I need my time. And I have watched Vanderpump Rules for. I don't even know who that is. Okay. This Bravo TV show that has taken the world, America by storm (laughs) last month because there was a cheating scandal on there. As reality TV. It's a reality TV show. And I was shamed in church for years for watching Bravo TV, for watching the housewives for watching. And I was like, you guys, I need something that is not holy to my numb, my brain and yes. doesn't require me to think. Right. So <laughs> then all of a sudden I saw people started posting about Vanderpump rules this last month that were previous shamers of myself. And I was like, oh, now you watch it. Anyway, so now you watch it. So you were onto something back in the day. Yeah, I know, man. I just I'm like, don't shame us for what <laughs> and then I am reading, I'm reading moth stories, like the moth, it's like short stories. Yes, like, like their stories slam. Yeah, so they have one, it's called occasional magic. And it's like all these it's stories. Book, huh? I know it has magic in it, like the word. So I mean correct. But it's really cool stories and oh, fun. Yeah, because they they're not like comedy. It's it's just kind of like stories. Just like Yes. Yeah. They're main they're this one is they're all fairly intense, but like really empowering and also just wild and oh that sounds so good that sounds really good human stories stories. i love it i love it well cool well this has been very fun thank you for having me appreciate it appreciate it too thanks so much for joining us today uncertain is the affiliate podcast of tears of eden a community and resource for survivors of spiritual abuse If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider making a donation by visiting tearsofeden.org slash support. All donations are tax deductible. Intro music featured in this episode is from the band Green Ashes. Before you go, please take a moment to like, subscribe, or leave a review, and don't forget to share this podcast show with everyone you know. I'm Catherine Spearing, and I'll see you next time.